1: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Social Selling with Game Changers, Presented by SAP, the best run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run simple with the game changing, You are in the right place. Today's buzz beyond the monarchy. Okay, no, we're not talking about the UK. Let me get started. In the late 1990s, Bill Gates and or Sumner Redstone declared content is king. That became an instantaneous mantra for Internet marketers and SEO practitioners. You know, search engine optimization. They just flocked to this. Content is king. We have to embrace this. Wait a minute. Fast forward to 2012, and we have a guy who is a self-made wine marketing guru named Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. Chuck, to be specific, he raised the bar. He said, if content is king, then context is God. Hence my opening beyond the monarchy. Aha. So getting the right content to the right audience at the right time is key to building your brand and to developing trusted relationships and to impacting your prospects and your customers' buyers journey. How are you going to do it right? Well, this is such a big topic. We did it a couple of weeks ago here on Social Selling with Game Changers. There was so much more to talk about that we've invited back the same three guests, Hillary Carter, Sherelle Robinson. Brown and Kirsten Boylow. I'm delighted to have them back. And let me just tell you who they are before I start with the quotes today. Hillary Carter is the founder of Intune, I-N-T-U-N-E, one word, communications, a strategic communications company that consults to businesses, individuals, excuse me, and community-based organizations on social media. That's why she's here. Then we welcome back Sherelle Robinson-Brown, Director of Digital Experience, who supports social selling in the Experiential Marketing and Strategic Programs Division at SAP. That's a very big business card for Sherelle, very big title and an important role. And, of course, we are welcoming back Kirsten Boilo, who is the sponsor of this series, Social Selling with Game Changers. She's the director of Digital Startup, leading the SAP Social Business and Social Selling Initiatives for Global Marketing, and Kirsten has been a very busy lady, giving lectures and speeches and talks and running webinars, helping to introduce people to how to do social selling the right way from the start, which is another right I didn't say in the beginning. So now let's welcome Hillary Carter officially, and Hillary has sent me a quote this time, from a gentleman named Paul Virilio, V-I-R-I-L-I-O. I've never heard of him. He was born in 1932. He's a French cultural theorist, urbanist, and philosopher of speed. And I put that into quotes. He developed what he calls the war model, W-A-R war model, of the modern city and of human society in gen- general. And he's the inventor of the term dromology, not dronology, dromology, D-R-O-M-O-L-O-G-Y, the logic of speed that is the foundation of technological society. He's so important, even if you've never heard of him, that his work has been compared to that of Marshall McLuhan and other people whose names I cannot pronounce. His prediction about logistics of perception, the use of images and information in war, were so accurate that during the Gulf War, he was invited to discuss his ideas with French military officers. Here is the quote Hilary Carter has selected from Monsieur Virilio. When you invent the plane, you also invent the plane crash. Hilary Carter, how are you?
2: Thank you. I'm terrific, Bonnie. It's great to be back on the show, and uh, I'm glad you like my quote.
0: I love the quote. It made me scared a little bit. You know, I guess it goes for when you invent the car, you also invent the car crash. But tell me, how does that relate to our topic? We're talking about content, context, the sales cycle, the buyer's journey. Big topic. Tell me how planes and crashing work with that. Well, the connection is important because it
2: relates to technology. And every technology carries with it its own negativity, its own baggage. And I think with every technological innovation, there are always negatives that we have to deal with. The quote is actually just part of a larger quote uh, from Paul Virilio, and I'll, I'll share with you the entire, uh, the entire piece. Mm-hmm. When you invent the ship, you also invent the shipwreck. When you invent the plane, you also invent the plane crash. And when you invent electricity, you invent electrocution. Every technology carries its own negativity, which is invented at the same time as technical progress. And I think the message that is important to share is that we need to take the good with the bad, and we need to accept the limitations of all of these new innovations. We need to understand, in this context, that social media is one of those um, environments that enables plenty of crash and burn type of activity. And I think it's that fear of crashing, that fear of making a mistake that keeps people from participating in this really incredible technology. And I, I struggle with the fear that so many organizations experience, fear of crashing um, being, not, uh, being a reason that keeps them from spreading their wings and flying and embracing all of the opportunities, all of the good things that come with technological developments, so really exploring them. And then putting in all the necessary pieces to keep those crashes from taking place. They're not uh, – crashes don't have to happen if we take good care and, and you know, plan meticulously and have uh, measures in place that can tr- we can troubleshoot, we can, avoid, we can avoid these things. So every technology creates – an opportunity for negativity, but if we if we choose to opt out, we miss out on incredible, incredible opportunities to to move our organizations forward.
0: Thank you, Hillary. Very interesting. I'm I'm just going to put this into a different context of context, and just ask you a question before we move on to Sherelle Robinson Brown and her wonderful quote as well, Hillary. Uh, in this this climate of global shall we say, global social activity on social media in terms of politics, in terms of world events, in terms of tragedies and things happening everywhere, not just in the U.S., is it important for organizations to have their employees, we know employees are brand advocates, they're brand ambassadors, they're out there, is it important for them to be sure their employees and their executives separate their I am a person, social media from I am working for this company, social media, so that there's no overlap of, oh, damn, I didn't know they're supporting so-and-so in the next election, or I didn't know they were uh, so-and-so about a police issue, versus... In other words, flavoring what seems like they're talking about their company but people know what their politics are. Is that an important distinction? And I'm thinking of that in terms of a crash and burn, Hillary, because if you if you mix the two, are you in danger of crashing the company's brand by associating your personal brand? That's what I wanted to say.
2: I think you are in danger of of sabotaging your company's brand whenever you bring politics into your social media conversations. I think it's it takes a lot of guts to uh, align yourself politically with one uh, party or another, one candidate or another, because you cannot be all things to all people, and right now we're in an environment of incredibly polarized politics, and so I think that would be a no-win um, activity, because it's amazing how how of offensive a of, of certain uh, political commentary can be, and I would... Advise avoiding it at all costs and keeping your social media conversations more about your humanity, uh, your high level core values. Just keep politics out of it would be my, my best advice um, because that's the surefire way to upset, oh, a good half of the population,
0: particularly in the United States. <laughs> Right now, yes, absolutely. Thank you. I'm sorry for that sidebar, but I was very intrigued because I think a lot of us face that issue. Let me move on to Sherelle Robinson-Brown. Uh, Sherelle has sent me a wonderful quote from Robert Rose, an early internet pioneer. Robert Rose has, I'm reading from what I researched on him, two decades of experience, and a track record of helping brands and businesses develop successful digital and content strategies. And in the mid-1990s, which seems like ages ago, he developed some of the first web strategies in the U.S. for companies like MediaMark Research MRI and CTAM, the Cable and Telecommunications Association. And let's see what else I can tell you about him. He has worked with more than 500 companies of all sizes, including 15 of the Fortune 100. He provided strategic marketing advice and counsel for global brands such as, this is quite a list, Capital One, Dell, Caterpillar, Hewlett-Packard, Microsoft, The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and UPS. His second book, Experiences the Seventh Era of Marketing, has been called a treatise and a call to arms for marketers to lead business innovation in the 21st century. His first book, Managing Content Marketing, spent two weeks as a top 10 marketing book on Amazon as considered and is considered the owner's manual of the content marketing Process. He also was the co-host of the podcast PNR's This Old Marketing. Very interesting. Here's the quote Sherelle has selected. Quote, marketing is telling the world that you're a rock star. Content marketing is showing the world that you are one. Sherelle Robinson Brown, how have you been? I'm great, Bonnie. It was great speaking with you the last time, and it's such a pleasure to be back again. You are so kind. Thank you very much. Tell me about this interesting quote from Robert Rose, and I'm going to ask you to weigh in as well on the question I asked Hillary Carter about separating your work-related contextual social media output versus your personal. And go ahead with the quote first, Cheryl. I think
3: that there are so many opportunities, big, huge opportunities around social selling and content. Um, the possibilities are endless. So the premise around this quote is that you really have to move or you really can move the dial by having the right content at the right time and the right context at your disposal. Um, if you're coupling that with social selling, it's going to position you as a viable thought leader in your area of expertise. So orchestrating the right content speaks volumes. And Hillary said something about failing that's kind of related to my quote. Um, It takes a bit of trial and error, but when you get it right, when you get the right content and you're disseminating that, the success far outweighs the challenges.
0: And how do you know when you have that right content, Sherelle? How do you know all of a sudden uh, sales are pouring in or, or people are responding? What, what's the measure? Is there a metric or is it just a, a mood change, if you will, or a, a change in the flow of things coming back to you versus just going I out? I think it's all
3: of those combined, Bonnie. I think you're moving hmm. the dial in the area of, the, of, you know, ROI. I think that you're building up trust, and I'll talk about this later um, in one of my other topics, but you're building a level of trust if your audience, and your clients are coming to you as a thought leader. So that is um, one of the telltale
0: signs that you're getting them all of the right information at the right time. Thank you, and that's the goal, the right information, right time, right audience, right everything. Now, talk to me a little bit about my question to Hillary Carter. Sherelle, what do you think? Is, there, is it important for businesses to have their employees separate social media on the personal side from social media on the professional side, I'll call it. That's the divide I'm looking for. What's your thought on that?
3: I think it's very important. Um, I think that, you know, right now with technology, we have so many mediums. I think LinkedIn and Twitter are sort of the business hub for social media. And then you have, you know, your Facebooks and your Instagrams. And I think if you feel the need to voice your opinion among family and friends, Maybe you use a different uh, um, uh, platform of social media, but definitely it is
0: very important to keep those definitely separated. Thank you very much, Sherelle. Pleasure to have you back, and thank you for your kind words. And now let's go to Ms. Kirsten Boyleau waiting patiently in the wings. Kirsten has sent me a quote from Mark Yeager. I also had to look him up. He's the president of Yeager Marketing. I didn't find out an awful lot about him, but let me tell you about, well, a little bit about what he does professionally. Mark and Renee Yeager founded an agency called Yeager, a Phoenix-based marketing agency focused on branding, messaging, integrated campaigns, and sales tools for the technology industry. Apparently, they had a banner year last year. They saw 33% growth in revenue. They landed 10 new top-tier clients, and among their stellar client list include NetApp, Hitachi, and Bell. They have won all kinds of awards and three American Marketing Association Spectrum Awards. And let's see what we've got here. They have put, put together marketing programs for more than one-third of the tech companies in the Fortune 500. I'd say they know what they're doing. I couldn't find much on Mark Yeager as a personal bio, but this is what I found on the company website. I guess he wants to keep that secret. Here is the quote Kirsten has selected. Content fails when you create materials that speak to very broad audiences. Talking about context. Kirsten, have you been? I have been great, Bonnie. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be
4: on this uh, last of our series calls. Not that I'm happy to see the series end, but I'm just excited that we have such a fantastic lineup today.
0: I agree. Kirsten, no pressure on you, but are we renewing for early 2017, you think? That's my plan. Oh, good. Okay, good. I just sold another series. I'm sorry. <laughs> got, got to get you while I got you, uh, Kirsten. Love the quote and talking about context. A very broad audience. I think that's the context he's saying is no, 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 no. So, what's your thought on this, Mark Yeager quote, please?
4: I as soon as I saw that, I thought that is so. It, it just speaks to social selling in just such a very targeted way. How how appropriate, um, <laughs> in that it. um you know, when we talk about social selling and we talk about having the right content uh, in the right context for the right customer and for the right customer experience, um, all those C's that we were talking about last time, um, <clears throat> having uh, making sure that our content is very targeted to uh, the, the customer's um, needs and challenges and experiences, I think that is very, very important for the overall social selling um, methodology that it is. Content is such an integral part of, of um, in, uh, you know, growing relationships with your customers, educating your customers, um, and and giving them what they need out of the relationship to be able to take it to the next level in terms of hopefully closing the deal. I think having very targeted context our content, sorry, is um, is really really important. And when and to speak to his actual comment about you know, you fail content fails when it's built for a broad audience, um, you can never make everyone happy. I think we've all heard that saying before. I'm not sure who, who ultimately said it, but um, you'll never make everyone happy with no matter what you do. And, and so if you kind of t- apply that to content, people, if you don't um, make it relevant to the person who's reading it, you, you, you lose them. There's, 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 they don't feel the, the connection to it. They don't feel like they've gotten anything from it. They don't feel like they've gotten any value out of that um, relationship with you. And so you, you, you have the potential to lose them um, as, a, as a customer, as a friend, as a you know, potential prospect. And so I think having that um, very, very targeted context and content is very,
0: very important and uh, i know we're going to be speaking later with you about how to make it targeted and personalized very important. Kirsten, could you also weigh in please about the comment uh, question i asked Hillary and Cheryl and got very interesting answers from them. i think they're in agreement. What do you think about asking your your employees, your workforce to separate their personal social media from their business related what's how would you rate that on a scale of 1 to 1 to 100 how important is it?
4: On a scale of 1 to 100, I think
0: it's probably, you know, to my mind, about an 80. <laughs>
4: um, okay. It's very important. I, uh, I, we don't want to completely separate them because you also don't want to be a, a, um, a company robot. Uh, you're not just mm. there to, to tow the company in line. You're not just there to um, spout the company messages because that... That defeats the whole purpose of social, to my mind, of humanizing the brand, um, of of giving a face to uh, the work that you do, and even within the company, we are not all just automa- automatons, automatons, mm-hmm. whatever that word is. Um, we 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 each have a personality. We each are individuals and unique in the abilities that we bring to the table, and so. Um, we need to, to celebrate that and celebrate our diversity, but it also shouldn't be um, so uh, um, out there and so public that we alienate uh, portions of our customer, or audience base.
0: Thank you very much. Let me quickly go back. Hillary Carter, now that Kirsten has put it as an 80 on a scale, which I didn't give you, and Cheryl, where would you put the importance? And then we're going to move on.
2: I agree with, with uh, Kirsten in terms of the importance of not being a robot, not, have, not towing the company line, and, and celebrating our individual, individuality and diversity, because otherwise we come across as inauthentic. So I agree, mm-hmm. uh, but I still feel strongly to keep very polarizing topics and damaging topics um, out of your feed. Um, and yet, there's still, there is a place in terms of content and social selling uh, to play an important part of your marketing activities. If there's a piece of political content that's very interesting, that's thoroughly researched and well-written, and you want to share it with, with a particular person, you know your audience, you know your target, then you can send them that content over different channels, such as email, and keep it private. And use content and leverage it to your uh, organization's advantage for the purpose of building relationships and build the relationships in private and not alienate your audience on social media, which is completely transparent. Um, I think a great example. I've written a post about my my own mother's employee advocacy activities. She's a flight attendant for uh, a Canadian uh, airline called Porter Airlines, and she balances a lot of that individuality in her personality while still championing the company brand. I think she does a super job with that and and keeps everything uh, authentic but professional at the same
0: time. Ah, thank you very much. Sherelle, I'll give you the same scale, 1 to 100. Where do you place it? I like
3: Pearson's comment about humanizing the brand. I really agree with that. Again, um, you, just ma- you just have to make sure that you're keeping your passion, not at a minimum, but uh, healthily balanced so that you're not offending anyone, especially if you're representing a company. Um, but I think keeping the two, you know, personal social media between your professional and social separate will help you um, be able to express your um, passionate, true, raw feelings so again, close family and friends, and then, as far as your company is concerned, you're able to keep that um, line defined so that you do not offend anyone.
0: Thank you very much now. Let's get back to some very important business here, Hillary Carter. Where are you calling from? and uh, what are you drinking today?
2: I'm calling from my home in Aurora, which is just north of uh, Toronto. It's forty kilometers north of the uh, the city centre. And I am drinking coffee, black coffee, in my Newfoundland and Labrador mug, yeah. uh, which is a Canadian province, the easternmost part of North America. And I'm going to use this opportunity to talk about, uh, on the theme of planes today, uh, to let you know a fun fact about Newfoundland and Labrador. And that is that in 9-11, uh, when uh, the aircraft were diverted... Um, after the Twin Towers collapsed and the plane went into the Pentagon, mm-hmm. uh, there were more than 6,600 people taken into the homes of uh, Newfoundland and Labrador, and 39 aircraft were diverted there, and the people were grounded for about four or five days, and they still visit uh, their hosts uh, to this day who offered them hospitality and kindness. Oh. Newfoundland and Labrador. Most flights uh, from the eastern seaboard that are going to Europe will fly over uh, the Newfoundland uh, coast.
0: Oh, you just gave me the chills! Thank you. That's a lovely story. Thank you very much, Hillary. Ah, Sherelle Robinson Brown. Where are you calling from, and what's in your cup today, or what are you planning to drink later? I am calling from Upper Dublin, Pennsylvania, suburb right outside of Philadelphia. Um.
3: Pretty much the heart of Pennsylvania. Um, today I was actually feeling like chocolate milk, Bonnie. <laughs> the weather's changing, getting a little chilly. I have very fond memories of my mother having my after-school snack and chocolate milk ready for me when I arrived home. So it's sort of one of those days. I am drinking it out of a paper cup because I do not feel like doing dishes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now that's a smart I'm lady. who's it's simple today. You sure are. You absolutely are. Thank you for that. You have a special recipe for that chocolate milk, Sherelle? Yes, lots of chocolate and very little milk. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have to know, is this chocolate out of a a squeeze bottle? Is it like I do uh, some dry, unsweetened cocoa with a little bit of sugar, maybe a drop of vanilla or something interesting in it? How do you, where's the source of the chocolate?
3: For the cold chocolate milk, I just do the normal Hershey's out of the squeeze bottle. But I do have a friend that bought me some very expensive crushed chopped chocolate that I do the hot chocolate milk
0: with. But uh, for this one, it's just the regular old Hershey's. Beast. And nothing wrong with regular old Hershey's, I got to <laughs> tell you. It's still, a lot of us just, I'm, I'm older than you, a lot of us grew up with it. We still love it, even a good Hershey bar. Thank you very much. Memories floating here. Kirsten Boyleau, are you back in Waterloo and what are you drinking today?
4: I am back in Waterloo, I am, uh, it's beautiful out there today, and um, I, I have been on the phone since, uh, for the last three hours, so I actually have not <laughs> had a chance to um, get a cup of tea yet, but my next, my next um, <laughs>
0: moment after this show is done, I'm going to go get a chai tea latte from the kitchen. Sounds very, very nice. I'm glad to hear that. And everybody, we're talking with Hillary Carter, Sherelle Robinson-Brown, Kirsten Boyleau. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. And this is part two. I've changed the title a little bit. We're calling ourselves the episode today, Social Selling King, Content, Context, I should say is Context God, and the Sales Cycle, part two. Very compelling conversation. We're going to cover a lot of new information we didn't cover a couple of weeks ago on part one. So, We're going to take a pause that refreshes for about 65 seconds. That's all you got. And we'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Michael out.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network social media is taking sales organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Social selling is a new tool that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and building the systems to truly measure the impact of social. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how social selling is changing the world of business social selling with game changers is presented by sap visit www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network You're listening to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Social Selling with Game Changers.
0: And here we are on Social Selling with Game Changers, talking about content, context, and the sales cycle. How do you do it right? How do you create that compelling content delivered to the right people at the right time on the right channel? we got a lot of rights here. We're trying to help you not do the wrongs. So we're talking today with Hillary Carter, Sherelle Robinson-Brown, and Kirsten Boyleau. We're going to kick off the roundtable now with some very interesting comments here from Hillary Carter at Intune Communications. She says, Employee advocacy, spreading your wings on social media. And uh, she has already talked a little bit about her mom, who's an advocate, and employee advocacy. Hillary, why don't we expand this and talk more about employee advocacy of the business? Go ahead.
2: Well, I think employee advocacy is something that, when it is done well and when it's authentic and when it's done with using good judgment and authenticity, it is something that companies cannot undervalue or, or get. They, they, it's like gold to them. They can't buy that kind of publicity or advocacy. It just reflects so well on an organization's brand. And, and I think Richard Branson understands this because he's always said that when, you know, it's so important to treat your employees well because they're the ones interacting with your customers. So his main focus is is on making sure his employees are happy, making sure they've got everything they need to do their jobs well. And the other important thing about employee advocacy on social media is that employees are creating their own content every day. And it's not branded content with uh, the corporate font. It's fun, authentic, um, personal content, whether it's a photograph of the skyline on their way to work, whether it is a Mm -hmm. a photo of colleagues um, participating on the job, doing a job really well. It breaks up the very standardized uh, corporate content, and it provides um, something that the brand itself can engage in. And other people who are following the employee, they can get a sense of what it's like to work at at that company. It creates a pipeline of talent, uh, people get a really positive impression of an organization. So some of the things that that my own mother does, she's, as I said before, a flight attendant. She photographs the cities that she flies to. uh, She takes photographs of the airports, of the planes, of the skylines, of her colleagues. And she just has a ton of fun on the job. And you think, my goodness, she's she's having a lot of fun. That's an airline that that uh, I'd like to fly on because the, the employees are having a great time. If companies can give their employees the leeway to um, express themselves in a positive way, in ways that reflect well on the organization, then they really are, are, are setting themselves up for uh, an authentic success a type of communication strategy. Unfortunately, companies don't often give their employees a lot of leeway, and the guidelines are very strict. Nor do companies have a lot of uh, leadership uh, who are setting the stage for uh, standards to follow. So their CEOs are not tweeting, their CEOs are not uh, posting, their CEOs are not engaging. And when companies can have that leadership component and employee advocacy, it actually helps amplify the social media the efforts of the social media manager, the brand manager. And so when everybody works together, it it uh, it has a positive trickle-down. It really amplifies the corporate message, and it makes it much more human and much more real and uh, builds trust more effectively. And I think that's the name of the game.
0: Thank you very much. I think you covered a lot of territory there. Cheryl Robinson-Brown, please join us. Thoughts on what Hillary just said? I really like Hillary's
3: uh, statement about giving the employees the opportunity to be creative. That's one of the things that I'm very passionate about. Um, I am curious to fly on the airline that your mother works for, but what I do want to say about that is it gives them a sense of ownership, like she said, over their work. And it it holds them accountable, and it makes them feel proud of what they're doing And I think that reduces the turnover rate. It reduces people leaving. They have a vested interest in what they're doing. So I really, I'm a fan of everything that she said about um, spreading their wings
0: and being able to be creative um, in in what they're doing. Literally and figuratively spreading the wings. Thank you, Sherelle. Kirsten, thoughts on this example? Do you have any you want to add?
4: Yeah, I just, um, I think in the, in the, spirit of authenticity I think only sharing positive messages is not particularly authentic and so to my mind there has to be a balance you know I, I, I realize that there has to be some um, guidelines and policies around what can and can't be said and uh, you know and, and some repercussions for you know um, perhaps really derogatory remarks about the brand or the company um, but there has to be some sort of line because I think, to my mind, if you're only ever sharing as an employee, only ever sharing positive messages about what your company is doing, um, people will start to see through that. There's got to be something that's not right. There's got to be something that, and then they start to wonder, well, how honest are you truly being with with all these positive messages? And and you you potentially not always, but you potentially run the risk of of um, coming across as uh, inauthentic and and then losing your credibility as a, as an advocate of the brand. Um so I think there has to be some sort of balance between um the positivity and uh and the reality. Uh, and I don't mean that, that being positive isn't reality, it just mean that you know there it's there there's no job that is all sunshine and roses. <laughs>
0: Kirsten, I, I think we're walking a fine line here. Can you give us an example of what you would consider a, a, a the contextual, real commentary on a company or something they've done that wouldn't be seen as, I'm going to use this old-fashioned word, Pollyanna-ish. Oh, everything's wonderful. I love my job, and the company's great, and they treat us great. And then you go home, and you cry, and you drink five gallons of chocolate <laughs> milk because you're miserable. <laughs> so, sorry, Sherelle. So it has to be good chocolate milk, though. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. Uh, so, Kirsten, What's the best stuff? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I said the cheap stuff is the best stuff. <laughs> thank you Kirsten any examples I, I think we need to know where, where are you going with this what would you give me an example it doesn't have to be for a particular brand but what would you say uh, so not as to appear and, and Kirsten while you're talking I'm thinking I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues at SAP the other day about what we see on Facebook and he said he just steers clear because everything is happy 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 pretty 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 oh look at us we went here we went there we ate here we did this look at my grandchildren look at my trip look at my my pool, look at my shoes, look at my dog all day long. It's like, does anybody ever have something that makes them sad or angry? Uh, no, apparently not. So what's your thought? Any examples, Kirsten? Well, you know, he
4: has a really good point, and it's, it's something that comes up again and again in a lot of the mummy blogs that I read and, and that kind of thing, about how, you know, we're not showing the real um, the real aspects of our life, that, you know, nobody's life is uh, all happy and sunshine and roses. There are down times. There are valleys that we have to go through. And, you know, I was trying to think as you were talking about an example that um, that would I could illustrate... The only thing I can think of is uh, something along the lines of, you know, um, uh, it would be great if my company did more of this, or um, I'd love to see our company get into more of something along this line. You know, um, not necessarily, uh, you know, um, coming very hard down on the product of the company or the the, the brand or the executives or anything like that. I mean, um, you know, but being not necessarily saying, hey, you know, this is something I think we could do, or but we're not doing, you know, or this is, something, this is an area I think we could focus on, but we're not focusing on. That's the kind of thing I'm thinking of because, you know, no one company can fulfill every need. And so, you know, focusing, uh, sharing some things around, you know, ideas that might be good for the company to, to take into account it is something to look at i don't
0: it's just a, that's kind of an off the top of my head example but that's okay um, that's okay that's what we uh, want and by the way i googled should your employees be allowed to tweet negative opinions about your company you know me with my on site on spot googling and there's an article in wsj.com wall street journal october 22 2014 should companies monitor their employees' social media there's another one a deal with employees who have posted negative comments about the company on facebook what to do when an employee violates your social media. The rest of it is not here. Uh, When you can and can't fire employees, this was on Forbes. When you can and can't fire employees for their social media posts, blah, blah, blah. So it it is a a very interesting point. Uh, Because you raised it, let me go back to Hillary and to Sherelle. Do you agree or disagree, Hillary, with, with what Kirsten says about actually saying, I wish my company did more of XYZ? Is there a way to do it?
2: I think the forum for, I wish my company did X, Y, Z, is internal. I don't think taking it to social is, is, uh, I think that could be a career limiting move if you get into a habit of of, uh, posting your wish list for all the things your company is not doing well. Uh, I I completely understand how only positive dialogue comes across as inauthentic. I will say that in the case of, of um, the employee advocate flight attendant, um, some of the things that she says is at times it's not always a picnic. Like there are weather delays and there are mechanical delays. And in spite of all the, uh, it's been a tough day at the airport, but we got it done.
0: Ah, so okay. That, yeah, and that's challenges. a really good example. That's it. That's, it's you really nailed it.
2: important. So you can be real. Every day is not a picnic. Um, but, uh, you know, a fool with a tool is still a fool, uh, says Grady <laughs> Booch. And yep. I would just be extremely careful when talking about your employer on social media. There are ways to articulate uh, authenticity without limiting your career.
0: Thank you. I think you nailed it. Uh, Kirsten, can we agree on that? She nailed it because what she's saying is be realistic. Admit if there's a problem and then go for the brand advocacy on the side of, well, things happen and here's what we're doing about it. So that's a little bit of, uh, to me, what do they call it? Damage yeah, control. Yeah, Yeah. Damage control. Hillary, thank you. Sherelle, you agree with that? I do. I do agree. Uh, both Hillary and Kirsten made some very good points. I do want to say that social
3: media probably isn't the place to air um, the proverbial dirty laundry of the company. However, if you're networking with people who can help you, who can offer solutions or who can help you think through problems, use social media to hook up a lunch date or to have coffee and then talk about those things Live. Don't use the social media because, again, like you said, context is key. People will not fully understand the context or may not fully understand the context in which you're um, expressing some concern or outlining a problem. So get your people in front of you and speak about these things and get feedback. Offer solutions, run ideas by them, and I think you'll be better off that way. And that will give you the tools in which to go to the powers that be and say, hey, I have some concerns, here are my concerns, and here are some solutions that I've come up with. So it will look like you're really a part of the
0: solution and not trying to just complain about any issues. Thank you very much. And, Sherelle, while I have you here, I'm looking at your notes, and let's move to a slightly different aspect of this topic. We're going to talk about the key elements of a sound content strategy, and you've outlined these as custom, simple, and the storyline re- and red thread. Why don't you briefly take us through these, and then we'll see what Kirsten and Hillary have to say. Go ahead, Sherelle.
3: Okay. So I think, um, you know that, like you said, custom, simple, and having a storyline or red thread – um, the first one is custom, and the content that you're disseminating or is being used needs to be specifically targeted towards the audience that you're speaking to. It's largely important because it shows everyone how important their interests are to you. It builds trust and a high level of comfortability. Um, as far as keeping it simple, this is pretty important in the social selling arena. Um, because content needs to be short, digestible, and energetic. So pulling the reader into a headline via Twitter or whatever it has has you may make their mouth water for more. They need to understand the full context. Again, here we go with the context in a few short words. So that's what I mean by simple. And then the red thread or the storyline, it just talks about how the content has to not only be connected to the area of, uh, or the, sorry, the interest of your audience, but it has to be interesting. Um, they should be able to take that content that you're disseminating and share it with others and tell a story or use it in an elevator pitch. So this gives them, and you're equipping them with the opportunities
0: to talk about the industry specifics that you are all interested in. Thank you. I like the outline; very simple. Thank you very much, Kirsten. Thoughts about custom, simple, and storyline? Yeah. So
4: I I, uh, I like the idea of custom content. I think it's a, a fantastic idea, and it fits very well with the, the quote that I chose today about you know customizing the being very targeted with your content so that it resonates very well with your um, with your target audience. Uh, and and. Stories are always important, no matter what you're trying to um, what, you, what kind of messaging you're trying to get across by telling a story you you, you really um, engage the, the the reader or, or the audience uh, in an emotional way, and when they you know, engage in an emotional way, they create a memory, and then thus you have the beginnings of a relationship. And so having those storylines par- as part of all your content and being very targeted, I think it may- makes a really great um, uh, kind of trifecta around um, having a very excellent content to engage with your customers with.
0: Thank you. Hilary, circling around to you, how do you feel about the three-pronged approach that Sherelle Robinson-Brown laid out for us, custom, simple, and storyline red thread? I think nothing
2: connects people better than great storytelling. And when we share stories for the purpose of building relationships, when we use a a story, a good story, as a gateway uh, to invite somebody to coffee, I think it's really powerful. I think it's something that that people share on a fundamental level. So finding that great content takes effort and energy, and I, I wholeheartedly agree that it is the essence of what, um, what great social selling is all about, finding the right story for the right audience, using it to your uh, advantage to make those real human connections, to build trust, and so on. It's, uh, there's nothing like a great story. We just remember it. Uh, whenever we, we make emotional connections, um, it, it's memorable, and that's the name of the game. It's a crowded space, so be memorable uh, through
0: finding great content. Thank you very much. And let's, uh, in the interest of time, Sherelle, I'm going to say thank you for that great list. Uh, very interesting. I think we all agree that's, that's where we need to go. Now, Kirsten, I'm going to, just before we dive into our predictions round, about four and a half minutes, there's something here I think I promised in the beginning of the show that you would talk more about, talking about in your quote, you don't want broadly broad brush comments and broad brush content you want people to feel it's for them your target audience the right content at the right time for the right people and that could be the right person person so we talk about how do you make that content targeted and focused and you say targeted content is extremely easy to create using video tools so Kirsten why don't you give us a little overview of how people can do this
4: yeah, so using video, I think, is a really great way to create very targeted content because you can use your listening skills, your social listening skills, to understand what the customer is interested in, what their pains and challenges are, what their uh, kind of background is, and then you can just speak to them, just talk to them as if you were, you know, had an opportunity to stand in front of them or had an opportunity to uh, reach out to them and talk to them on the phone. Um, video is a, is a great way to, to just talk to them and, and speak very clearly about exactly what you know that they're interested in, uh, given the research that you've done. And um, there's, there's some really easy-to-use uh, video tools. You can just use your webcam. You can um, use some video editing software. Um, there's some other tools out there, uh, like Videolicious and a few other things. That, um, what's another one? There's a local one. Um, Vidyard is another one. Um, they uh they allow you to create customized content for your for your audience and and the audience can be one person it could be um a group of people at a particular account it could be your entire network um but it, because you know that you know your entire network is based on uh you know the marketing um line of business or something like that and so you know you can you can create content that's and it doesn't have to be long. These these videos probably shouldn't be more than thirty seconds to a minute long. So you're not spending hours and hours in a studio creating, um, you know, this this uh, very in-depth content. You want to capture people's attention. You want to speak to their need and give them a call to action. That's really what you want to do. And so by using these create video tools and creating these very um, very targeted and very short snippets i think i've heard it called snackable content um of content that you can that works very very
0: well and again is very very customized to the person that you're trying to to reach i like that snackable a lot between the the chocolate milk and the snacks i'm getting hungry already (laughs) gotta have breakfast on radio show days let's circle around hillary what do you think about video tools do you have any favorite ones you want to recommend or have you used them to create this type of targeted content
2: I have not personally used video tools, but I am entirely in support of their use. I think the most exciting opportunity for snackable content is the app Musical.ly, which will, it, it will, if it, it, there's a, a leader who's willing to have a bit of fun, and they put up a video, it's a, a, a lip sync app, and is incredibly popular with young people, and if a leader is willing to have a little bit of fun and create a, a musically video, I think that will in, will win over the hearts and minds of uh, a young audience. Again, if your product is targeted to young people and you want to make a splash there, but certainly there's Facebook Live, there's Snapchat, there there Instagram Stories. There's so many ways to connect. So it's just a matter of choosing the right message. Uh, but this is the tool of today. Video content is extremely popular, and I highly recommend that people become more fluent in, in using it.
0: Thank you. Is, that's Musical.ly? Can you spell that for me? Is it M-U-S-I-C-A-L-L-Y? That's it. Yes, app?
2: it's Musical.ly. Okay. And it's an Music- app that I came to know on uh, one of the Gary Vaynerchuk uh, shows, the Gary Vee Show, where uh-huh. he had two Musical.ly stars featured, and... It, it's, they, they have uh, become, um, you know, the most followed uh, young people on Musically, and they're just having a lot of fun singing popular songs, and videoing themselves with their own phones and posting them, and just breaking out of the uh, the usual uh, constraints of our business messaging. So, if you want to take things to a completely fun. Um, and different level, and I think we all need to stand out online, and make an emotional connection. Find a piece of music, sing along to it. Record yourself in the process, and win some hearts over, and and just bust out of your uh, of your you know the, the perceived
0: okay, role I'm,
2: play. I'm, Do something a little bit different. Have some fun. Show people a creative, a different. Side of your personality, and uh, it, it will take guts. But I'll I, I'll bet you that people will use musically uh, to show their creative side and to show that oh, they're real human funny. beings. Oh, that's funny.
0: Hillary, I just had a debate with a friend on uh, who wanted me to go listen to karaoke or go participate. And I said, no, it's not for me. And I don't drink enough to really enjoy other people doing that. And so I looked up that there was a list in the uh, U.K. press around three years ago, a list of the most detested, reviled new gadgets to come into use. And the the top one was the karaoke machine. More than beepers and pagers and cell phones and smoke alarms that go off at the wrong time. I'm getting a kick out of this. It would be for young audience. Thank you. Sherelle, do you have a favorite video app or Musical.ly app? Anything you want to recommend for targeted content?
3: Yeah, I have a 14-year-old daughter and a 6-year-old daughter, and they're doing Musical.ly videos all the time. It's very funny. It's hilarious. I agree with Hillary that it does speak the language of a younger audience. I agree with Kirsten that, yes, we have to use video, and it ties very closely to that visual part of storytelling and Red Threads. So I'll keep my answer short because I know we're running out of time. But yes, that video piece is very, very important um, in social selling in getting the right content out to the right audiences. And Thank it you. It the language. Yep. It's you know it, the same wine, but it's a different wine skin because these folks are um, on a different platform. They're they're visual. They're that's right. It's quick. It gives you a limit. So it the the application sets
0: parameters for you, and you just play along with it. Thank <laughs> you. And there's a little bit of vulnerability in there, too, which people probably appreciate. Hillary, let's do a quick, we have less than a minute for each, well, just about. I'm going to give you uh, just under 60 seconds for your predictions. What will change was we know that Kirsten has already committed in front of just the the, the three of us to renew the series. <laughs> so Of course, you know, our worldwide audience doesn't know anything about this yet. Uh, when we come back and we do something in 2017 here on Social Selling with Game Changers, what do you predict would be a great topic for us to discuss? What's new? new in, in social marketing, new in social media. What do you predict uh, for 2017 in social selling? Hillary Carter, 60 seconds, go. For
2: 2017, I think we're going to see a higher rates of adoption for these tools. I think we're going to see more people getting very brave in using tools that take them well out of their comfort zone, tools like Musical.ly, tools like Facebook Live, uh, tools. I'm sure Twitter will uh, evolve to have um, micro video built into their feeds um, that, that mm. really takes guts to use and that the people who use them are the people who are going to really uh, come out as the leaders of tomorrow, the, the, the fearless and the creative. And the gap will widen uh i there's so many people still not using basic social media tools in a very basic way so the gap's going to widen between those who embrace the creative tools and those who still have yet to to jump in uh in
0: any with any presence whatsoever thank you very much harrell robinson brown and give you just we can squeak in with 60 seconds predictions for 2017 what do you see
3: I'll connect my puzzle piece to what Hillary just said. Um, Those new tools, those innovative tools that get you out of your comfort zone, I think that we're going to have to connect with a different audience, right? We're using corporate America. We're using folks that are mature in their careers. I think connecting with younger um, people who are more innate and connected with social media, middle school, high school children, who can give us feedback on what we're doing so that we're getting out of that boxed-in business way of thinking, and we're thinking more innovatively, because those are the folks that are using these tools on a daily basis. It's going to be a stretch for us to do it, but they are pretty much connected with them, and if we tap into the knowledge that they have,
0: again, we'll be putting ourselves light years ahead of where we need to be. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting predictions, and I agree with you, Kirsten Boyleau. I've got, oh my goodness, 30 seconds. Kirsten, why don't you nail the prediction? Go ahead.
4: Uh, in two thousand and seventeen, I expect to see um, a a broader use of collaboration tools than we see now. I mean everybody's doing their prospecting with um, you know social tools and a lot of people are doing their listening with social tools and a lot of people are doing their sharing and engaging in the conversation. but I think that the next step is around
0: collaboration um, with the customer and uh, innovation in that way. Thank you very much. Hillary Carter such a pleasure Cheryl Robinson Brown go have a good my dad used to say have a swig <laughs> have a swig of whatever you're drinking go ahead and Kirsten Boyleau three very busy and smart ladies very engaging and interesting conversation and I appreciate the three of you taking time to join me today so Kirsten we will be in in touch about the new time slot we'll see if we can keep you in this time slot for 2017 we'll get a couple of other series to share it with you looking forward to speaking with you again and here is my let's see we have a chat. Shout out to Michael today at the Business Channel team for getting us on the air and keeping us on the air. So here's my call to action. I don't know. Maybe I'll do a musically call to action one of these days, Hillary and Cheryl. Let's see if I can pull that one off uh, and, and add that to our tweets. But anyway, for the real, real world, here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Come on. Go out and be a game changer today. I'll be back at 12 noon Eastern right here on the Business Channel. Today is September 27, 2016, with the debut of a previous series from two years ago, We're starting up Startup Focus with Game Changers. You don't want to miss the debut of the series. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.